Hello, uh, this is Conor McMahon and welcome to Real Horror Show. It's been a while since uh, we've been around and I'm joined here by... Conor Dowling. Mark Sheridan. Ali Har, because I'm the only one still doing the nickname situation. You had the nickname before you did this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to do the podcast so you could perpetuate the nickname. Oh, because wait, since... <laughs> going to interrupt you because it's very important since the last time I met Bruce Campbell (gasps) we all did we all did no we didn't oh Oh, you didn't I didn't well he signed something I think of my my book book. oh we got a book yeah Yeah. sorry Bruce we (laughs) bought a book and I went up and I was like it's like like being a total like proper fangirl and I was like can can you sign it Ali Horror (laughs) and he was like let me guess you do a podcast (laughs) (laughs) Died. I was like oh my god oh my god Um, so sorry so little side note about Brucey yeah no uh, cool cool so um, will we jump right in and talk about what we've seen in the two years (laughs) since our last podcast Uh, yeah I'm sure there must be a few things we've seen there must be loads of films we almost watched loads of films Uh, so like in that two year period a lot of movies. A lot of movies, but of course, I can't think of one. Except for... La 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 Oh, are we well, jumping straight? Oh, La La Land. La La Land. Okay, no, the horror um, version. Well, I mean, I suppose we could jump straight into Suspiria, the remake. Suspiria. Yeah, me and we you watched We definitely didn't that. talk about yes. this. No, we no, definitely we didn't. didn't. No, no. The marathon last year. Oh, no. Yeah, okay. Um, it's one of those weird ones. I don't quite get the complete and utter hatred and despisal of it, but... You know, I, I quite enjoyed it for what it was, but I've no interest in particularly seeing it again. Yeah. And I guess the Argento one will always be my Suspiria. Well, that's Suspiria. I think the remake is is not Suspiria. It's it, it it like took the very basic core concept and it turned it into something yeah. that was very arty, very beautiful to look at. In no way it was it beautiful to look at. It was at. beautiful to It looked like it still needed a grade. You that's know? what I thought. It looked like it, it ungraded for ungraded. That's like it was Berlin, it was Germany, yeah. yes. it was cold, it was like so. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think the color scheme worked, but I think it just it was mm, it just it wasn't for me, it wasn't Suspiria. I felt like I walked in thinking that I was getting a remake of Suspiria, yeah. And it what felt, I got was it felt like they made some sort of a dance horror art house movie, and then at the last minute they're like, hey, you know what, this could be Suspiria yeah. if we slap a few like rewrites onto it and. Do you uh, think like that wow. that end sequence for me was one of just one of the most unnecessary yeah. things it I've didn't ever suit seen. The film. Yeah, oh. Oh. that was even though that is the kind of more horror-y part, it mm-hmm. seemed totally yeah. tacked on totally and unnecessary, unnecessary for the type of film because it was. It, yeah. it was it was almost like they literally, like you were saying, Connor Dowling. Um, I wanted to call you Howling Dowling, but like that they you, just you may. I, I'm going to. I am only going to refer to everybody by their nicknames. Um, Mark Scared. You're next, Scaredon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, yeah, that is that it realized towards the end they were like wait do you know what we can make this Suspiria we can make this horror movie if we just make a little bit of gore and make you know mm-hmm. it's weird it sounded like he loves Suspiria though like the I director think yeah. yeah I think he really did care about it and truthfully his film is more about witches than Suspiria mm. is yeah, yeah. but like you know and, and it's that strange thing of what do you want in a remake because if he did all the colours that I love the original sure. it wouldn't have worked yeah. if he did the big opera music like Goblin mm-hmm. it probably wouldn't have worked and so he did everything different and everyone hates worked. him for that. Look I at Mandy. 
Well, we'll talk about Mandy. Afterwards. Oh, let's not talk about Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't so much the color scheme. It was. It was. It was the actual atmosphere and tone of. of it was a completely of, different. It was. Thing, it yeah. was a completely different. It was again. It was like they took the very basic core structure and they just they turn it into. Like, but like they made it, they made it, they made it, they made it Suspiria. Yeah, sometimes it Guys, works. I still am on the hipster hate and train. They made it Suspiria <laughs> for a horror movie for hipsters. <laughs> My thing is, like, it's a very hard film to say, you know, with the first one, like, I've great affection for that first mm. movie. Like, I kind of, there's something I love about it. Yeah. Like, it's not a perfect movie, like, and the, sure. the dubbing thing still slightly bothers me, but, <laughs> but it has... Like, I have great affection for that movie in a way that I couldn't... I can't imagine someone ever saying that about the new Suspiria. You know, yeah. it's no. kind of cold. Yeah. But some people you know? seem to be really up on this new mm. one. But yeah, I, I don't hipsters. quite get that. I mean, I, I don't hate people, <laughs> but hips. When, when we were in the cinema watching it, I felt like, you know, sure, if you're like a seasoned kind of like horror fan, you might kind of be able to withstand that type of film right you've seen a lot of different types you've seen some weird horror you know but I'd say if you were like an audience member who was like oh this looks like you know a horror movie about a bunch of dancers I'd say you'd have a very upsetting experience going to see that in the cinema I'd say there was a lot of girlfriends who were like sitting beside their boyfriend going are you fucking serious with this <laughs> yeah. movie? and a lot of boyfriends going I'm not getting late tonight yeah <laughs> like what have I done I'm, I'll never get late. forgiven for going to this film <laughs> I think you touched on a really good point there though actually that's something that I will probably get into a little bit more later on but it's that whole notion of the average normal kind of punter who's looking to go and see a horror film sure. if they went to see the Suspiria remake or plenty of other films that have been kind of heralded as great horror films over the last yeah. year or so I think they'd be bitterly disappointed mm. gone yeah. are the days of a date movie type thing you know yeah. let's go along yeah, yeah. and I kind of personally miss that a bit totally. yeah. yeah I mean I think and that, that's that's an issue I have in uh, like Connor uh, like Mac Mayhem Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking That's about this. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were just talking about it like briefly with regard to I know it's not horror but Bohemian Rhapsody and how like there is <laughs> really <laughs> it is not horror but how um... <laughs> those teeth were pretty scary. <laughs> Oh, fuck, Freddie. I, I, I came out of that film distraught. Freddie. In tears. Like, like Freddie's coming to get like, you. Distraught. Oh, I love that. Who Freddy. knew he was going to die? <laughs> yeah. So that's the Freddie origin story. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. But like, but like, people have become such snobs about film and everything yeah. has to be super, 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 super intellectual. And you're so right. We were talking about this actually today in work in terms of horror and Irish audiences and like what do Irish audiences want out of horror and it's not something like Suspiria because that is actually like it's a slap in the face because it's it's you have to be it doesn't be, deliver it does not and then deliver it, it gives you this big end sequence of nasty gory weird yeah. sexualized stuff that you're going like when will this be over yeah. and then that ends and then the film goes on for like another 20 minutes yeah. and you're just like left kind of reeling after it so you're not really getting that horror experience it's just no. more of like this like you know, you could have done that film artistically and just been a sort of a dark drama. Whoops. Yeah. A dark drama um, without having to tack on all this stuff at the end, yeah. you know? Yeah, but, completely. But that is actually, like, I know we're supposed to talk about all the films that we've kind of seen and we probably will get onto that. But just as a general thing, then, like, wh- what do we all think mm. a horror film is? Because I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that when I think of a horror film experience, I'm going in and I actually want one that has that bit of depth to it, whether it's like your thing or the fly. Totally. But I do expect 
entertainment. Entertainment. Exactly. Some yeah. scares, some creepiness, mm. some characters, a couple of surprises, uh, mm-hmm. whether that's gory or a jump or whatever. Maybe but even a few laughs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I want. Yeah. I feel like I want to be entertained. Mm. You know, like yeah, a roller yeah. coaster type ride. I do want to have some fun with it, even yeah. if it's quite nasty, like mm-hmm. something like Martyrs, mm-hmm. or if it's something a bit more Mar- fun, like a slasher film. Yeah, yeah. I think the horror experience is is enjoying the nasty ride and not just having a, a horribly brutal experience. It's mm. exploring the macabre. It's 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 again, film is is a vehicle to bring you into like another world and to entertain and to get you out of reality. So it is. You want to enjoy it. And I think like you know those films that probably are held up as the smart horrors. Mm. Like and the ones that do well do deliver on the horror. And yes. I think yeah. that's the thing that sometimes gets like sort of forgotten. Like you know people would sort of hold up you know, The Witch, right? As an, as mm. a very smart horror movie, but it's also a kind of creepy movie, it you is. know, and it's also, yeah. so for me, it really worked it as both a horror. Um, and I think when that element is missing, I think that's where it gets a little bit lost, you know, yes. where it's like, well, we're, we don't want it to be horror. We're trying to be smart. And it's like, and you don't even do the basic bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's really Which is, sad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's frustrating because that is what you're, you're looking yeah. forward to it, especially when you like the concept. You're kind of thinking, this could be an enjoyable horror. And yet mm. it seems every time I'm waiting for that horror moment, mm. the guy's like, well, I'm kind of too smart for this bit. Yeah, and you're like, no, exactly. I want that bit. Yeah, I want yeah, yeah. that time. Also, just on um, as a massive film score fan, um, as that my beautiful singing at the start of the podcast, um, the Suspiria soundtrack and score was exceptional. The new and one or the old one? The old one. The old. Yeah. Goblin. That is correct. Oh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> like, but, Oh no, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say like like I still remember it's one of those things like I still remember seeing Suspiria for the first time and going you know when you you literally go I have never seen anything like this in my yes. life yeah. what yeah. is this yes. yeah. and and your mind gets kind of like short circuited by what yeah. you're watching it's like your first David Lynch film it's just yeah. something about it it's just throwing you off so and you don't know where you know yeah. Yeah. But sorry. Yeah, that was severe. Like, that is for me one of my childhood highlights of Suspiria is the soundtrack. Yeah. And no disrespect to Tom York, like, none. Sure. He's listening. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. I also want the life rights to your life because I think you'd have to make a and great the movie. Cut to Tom York. <laughs> Cancel the tour, guys. <laughs> but no, go on. Um, but uh, it just it was so lacking in that department. And again, for for me, film scores and film music is so important. Like I've been listening to a lot of uh, you know eighties horror soundtracks. Oh, yeah. mm. And by so, that, do we mean synth soundtracks? Or, yes. yes. Or, oh, you know it. Wurlitzer. <laughs> Like, Whirligigs? Whirligigs? I don't know. I think I might have made that up. The Whirlitzer, like, the, the machine that, like, can play every instrument, basically. Oh, shit. Um, and for me, just Suspiria was just, it had no musical atmosphere in it whatsoever. Yeah, like, when, when yeah. I heard Tom York was signed up to do the music, I was like, okay, so they're taking a conscious decision to, you know, uh, honour that original mm-hmm. originality of the, the, the music. Goblin, yeah. Um, when it, when the movie started with his soundtrack, I was like, oh, okay, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, it's, he's got a very distinct voice and all that. But then the rest of the music throughout the film, if there was much, I didn't think yeah. it was very it, very standard. No, it, yeah, it wasn't an override. Like, cause in the original, mm. like, Suspiria, it is, the music is so much. I think we might have touched on this before on one of the earlier podcasts, but like, 
it is Argento without Goblin. It's yeah. like Carpenter's films mm. without yeah. his soundtracks. And actually, I don't think it's in any way taken away from the filmmakers because it's totally. the pairing of the two yeah. is yes. that makes it great. But mm. they, I do miss a bit of the bombastic, not being afraid to have the music really tell me that, what we're feeling. <laughs> exactly. The music really just leads you yeah. through it. And I found even with the Tom York stuff, I think maybe the second or third time I heard the song in the film, I was like, mm, I'm kind of, I'm kind over of over it. this song by now. It's it's it's, it's almost a little yeah, bit you dreary. Never get over the Goblin. Uh, yeah, that's it. The yeah, Goblin song is just yeah. non-stop like. Never. So should we move on to another movie? Sure. The um, original Suspiria. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And what else have people seen? What's worth um, talking about? Can what I just can I just give a shout out to the Hall on the Ground? Lee do? Cronin's. But can can I just give another shout out to to Howland Allen who did the EPK for the Hall on the Ground? I've seen the photos. They seem to be shared Namaste. everywhere. Yeah. Are we allowed to clap? Is no, that like thigh no. slapping? <laughs> it is. I already had one thigh slap. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone gets one. <laughs> so oh, getting I'm, things I'm back on the fire tonight. <laughs> I wouldn't mind Mally hasn't even been drinking. Uh, yeah, no, because because we suppose me and you both uh, in one way or another worked on the film as well. Like you know, so I was yeah. disappointed that I didn't get a chance to to see it, but I will. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, I don't know. I've, I'm just blown away by how much kind of press the film is getting. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it seems to be ever A24, Sundance. Yeah. Um, and I think it, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I think it did exactly what we were talking about earlier. Like it, it was a horror film first. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it yeah. knew what it was trying to do. It knew what it roots were. It wasn't were. embarrassed by what it was. Exactly. Yeah, like it wasn't afraid to say, hey, this is a horror movie, you yeah, know? And, no, and like you say, it was inspired by horror movies and you get that off. And that's what I think is is great about it, that it wore its horror on its sleeve, you know, as it were. As a badge of honour. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, one of the things that kind of stood out to me, even from reading the script early on, right? And I'll be totally honest here. I almost thought like it sounded a little bit kind of simple or something like that or it sounded a bit like maybe I'd seen something like this before and then I started seeing how like how big it's gotten and it's cinemas everywhere and it's getting rave reviews and everyone's really going crazy about it and I thought maybe it is in that simplicity you know that is what makes it so effective you yeah, know no, that it's not trying to be some uh, elevated you know uh, too smart for its own good type of film it has its own kind of you know cleverness to it but it's also there to entertain you and scare you as well exactly. in a very simple kind of old fashioned way like you it's know? one of the most heartbreaking things you see every time you see a review and not just of a horror film but of so many films are it's nothing I've never seen before I don't remember asking was it anything you've seen before like that's not what I go to see when I go to mm. see a horror film yes I expect there might be ghosts Maybe there's one in the attic. Okay. You know, maybe someone will turn out to be not as good as you expected. I'm all right with that. It's like a Western with horses in, in it at a saloon. Yeah. Yeah, fine. Do you know, like, I just, it's a really strange thing for me to people try and punish something because any genre thing yeah. is going to inherently, there's certain parts of it. It's how you execute them. All the best horror films, it's how the scares work, yeah. not what the basic story is. They are all inherently the same basic story of something bad happens to someone a solution has to be found. Yeah. Exactly. You know, something genre. needs to be put a genre a piece. Is yeah, a genre like, for a reason. And I think I, there's a comfort and a familiarity with those kind of stories that is the reason we keep coming back to them. We enjoy the safety of that. It's just you how well know, you do it. Know to a certain degree what you're signing up for. Yeah, yeah there's going to be surprises yeah. with that. But when you go to the cinema, you're not you're not ended up like shocked with something like Suspiria. Yeah, going, exactly. Oh, what is this film? Like exactly, it, it's it's genre for a reason, and. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out because I think Lee is amazing. I think Stephen is absolutely an amazing writer. He's, a good um, guy. he's fantastic, and he loves horror. Both of them, both of them. Lee is mm-hmm. like yeah, they care about horror, which yeah, is a nice thing. Like um, so, just big shout out to the pair of them, and that um, everyone should go see the movie. And Shauna Kerslake. 
And, jo- and I, James Quinn Markey. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm I'm being very bad. Mm. Here. Not, not, not at all. Shout out to them too. Whoa. Um, well, I say that first of all. Big shout out. That may have been good. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, um, but it is. It's and and what I what it's it's. I'm so proud of the film because I did I didn't actually do anything with the film except talk countless times <laughs> to Lee about other horror films. And um, but like it's 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 such a triumph to see like after like you trailblazers in horror film to see like someone like outside of Ireland like an American like A24 totally to yep. see what Ireland oh I forgot how to talk Ireland yeah. <laughs> Ireland. Ireland Ireland, Ireland. well it, it's just Ireland. they might come back for more they might go well, what exactly. else you Paddy's what, got what, what else do you guys have <laughs> in terms question. of and I'm that Paddy <laughs> <laughs> and so like so I think it's I think it's 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 amazing what what um, Lee and Stephen have done um, for for the Irish horror genre. Yeah, well, hopefully it's a it's a start of things. Cool. What else we got to talk about? Who wants to talk about Halloween 2019, 2018? Oh, yeah. 2018. Movie of the year. Did oh. not see it because I gave my tickets to Mac Mayhem. And I enjoyed it <laughs> tremendously. Oh, Did you? I, well, I had Jamie to... Lee Curtis was there as well. I know, so I gave my help, tickets you know? to Jamie Lee Curtis. I had to pass up. When you offered me those tickets as well, I had to pass up. That was like the yeah, saddest I thing in my life. Devastated. Had yeah. to work. Devastated. So Devastated. when we say we loved it, right, are we saying we loved it as, what is it, like number 11 or 12 in this franchise? Or... As up there in the top two or three Halloween films. Well, do you know time. what? I was t- thinking about this recently, like, sure. and it was just because someone brought it up, and I really liked it at the time. And then when somebody brought it up, I was like, "God, I haven't thought about it since I saw it." Yeah, and I suppose that's the one difference I'd say between the original, <laughs> which ha- I think about a lot. It still sticks. The <laughs> you first know? one really is stuck in my head so often. He's but supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Thanks, Ali. We got there eventually, folks. <laughs> but I, re- I did really enjoy it, and I thought for me it was. I can't remember the second one well enough because I know the second one is good. Mm, I know I like. I, I really like. So long since I've seen the second one, actually. But for me, it was the when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's the best one I've seen since the first one." Really, that was my feeling about it. Yeah, for better me, than Buster Rhymes. Definitely. Oh, that's Resurrection, isn't it? Or is yeah, that yeah, Resurrection? Resurrection, we do not speak of Resurrection. That's that's which, a travesty. Which, which one is Resurrection? That's the one after H two O. Before, after uh, before Josh Rob Hartnett. Zombie. Yeah. Ooh. But no, after Josh Hartnett. Yeah. After sorry, Josh sorry, Hartnett. after haven't, Josh Hartnett. I haven't seen that it's one. It's basically the last one with Jamie Lee Curtis because they kill her. It is the one her. that killed the franchise. <laughs> they kill her at the start of the bloody movie. Spoiler. And, and it also goes back on H2O and goes, remember when, remember when they cut off his head? Remember when they cut off his head at the end yeah. of H2O? That wasn't him. Like, <laughs> oh! Yeah, like without getting too deep, I still think for all one of my pet loves about horror sequels is how they managed to say it's still going on. <laughs> yeah. Like this goes to Friday the 13th Part 4 where a guy <laughs> digs up Jason, <laughs> sticks a steel rod in him to prove he's dead it gets hit by lightning (laughs) and he comes back to life for six more films I believe it (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah I don't like I I did enjoy it I loved having Jamie Lee Curtis back I just thought they made her a bit too crazy for me like it didn't strike me as this really strong woman she was just a completely desolate shell and that would kind of make sense if all the other Halloween films were part of the story but they're not this is one thing that happened to her all those years ago and she seemed a bit too 
Like normal. this shit happens. Well, no, no, completely not normal. She's like she's wacky beyond. I don't know. That was that, some like, pretty bad shit that happened. Not to her. really anything think, to her. She only had like about fifteen minutes of the film. Really, like but, you but know. I think I think that almost drives home the events of the first Halloween. It makes it makes them even more impactful than having like a year later we have another sequel and she's like working in a new job and suddenly he's back again. It's like this is like well, like two was instantly after the first yeah. one, so which I liked. But no, I actually just thought H uh, two O did a better job. I I, I loved I loved H2O I, I when it came that, out. Like, yeah, yeah. Cuz it was you know she had that kind of PTSD thing where she was clearly still haunted by it and trying to move on yeah. but not and she couldn't quite hold down a relationship that seemed to me a bit more of a true trauma survivor than the grizzled kind of, and like I, I enjoy like I did enjoy it and like I thought Michael Myers looked probably the best he had in quite a sure. while the mask yeah. was good uh, no more William like w- one of the things <laughs> one of the things I loved about it was kind of like the thing we were talking about earlier it's like you're going to the cinema and you're getting that thrill ride you know you're getting those scares you're getting what the was it, I thought it was nasty I didn't think it was scary but I thought you know what Ooh. and I, this is why I, I appreciate its nastiness because yeah. I think what they had to do at the start nasty. was well what they had to do make him scary well, again yes yeah. because it's what happens with all these franchises is by about the third or fourth one he becomes become, a meme he becomes a silly yeah. like you know happened to Freddy happens all yeah. So, they beca- so, so I think they had to reestablish him as a scary or a horror character, yeah, and I, I thought that. they did that well because it was like because it it went to place I didn't expect it to go. What yeah. was it? What was it that they did Ooh. when he kills the kid? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, and like you know, again, this is spoilers for anyone who's fucking not seen the film yet. Apologies. I've not seen it, but I've uh, <laughs> not seen it. So no! she said that at the beginning of this conversation. <laughs> there were other <laughs> options to see it. No, I know. I missed it in Toronto. Tickets sold out in Toronto, and then there was two screens in Toronto, both sold out. So and I got tickets. Yeah. So, I know. I've been busy. So, so what I'm getting at though, actually, because like I have no problem with the fact that him being nasty has actually made Michael Myers scary for people again. I did not despise the zombie ones as much as everyone did. Uh, I but love what, the <laughs> what I don't get though is he was vilified at the time for making Michael Myers brutal and violent and not mm. just a scary kind of ghosty figure. And then I feel David Gordon Green did the exact same thing in this one. Not quite as brutal, but yet the same. It was brutal violence without scariness. There was no creepiness to this one for me. It was just really mm. brutal things he did. And this is considered totally canon perfect this is exactly what the fans want I, I think they were a bit cruel on Zombie for that mm. not sure. that the films are perfect yeah. no. but they're not a million miles apart I think mm. it shares DNA uh, yeah, I'm so I think glad that someone else likes the zombie. I, one. I, think, I, think I can't forgive it for those uh, flashback scenes of him as a kid. And it's just I like, think trying to squeeze the oh, remake yeah. in was the worst part of it. Yeah, I, I think I think how maybe how it counteracted some of that kind of brutalness in the current one is how there is so much kind of humor in the film too. Yeah. And there, the thing that really stood out to me in this film was you know in a lot of slasher movies. Even if it's a great villain, even if it's a great story, a lot of the times the characters and the actors playing the characters can be a bit of a pain in the ass. And you're just kind of going like, oh, this person, of course, they're going to get killed. But in the new Halloween, I found they set up so many characters in such a short amount of time and then killed them off really quickly to the point that you're caring about this kid. You'd watch a whole slasher movie about that babysitter and the little well, kid. See, that's the weird thing. The babysitter was the one character I actually did care about and sure. I wanted to see more of. I thought she was great in it. I thought I Or the podcast. I the podcast the host. was really great as the well. Kid, yeah, it was a little maybe too comedy heavy <laughs> for me. But like I thought that babysitter should have been the main character in totally. it. Because I was in much been. more than the, the yeah. other the mother. Daughter, but, but daughter do you know what thing. I thought what was so good about again spoiler but like 
like I almost didn't expect her to get killed because totally. of that. Agreed. Totally. You know? Yeah, so that's true. It kind of worked in that way. But I think that's what's so skillful about it is that they were able to set up these like likable characters who you would follow to the end of a film uh, and then subvert your expectations by killing them like five minutes later. And you're like, so you're kind of going, oh shit, nobody's safe. And I have spoken to people who said, yeah, but then you're just watching this film constantly. It's like, oh, hey, here's a new character dead. Here's a new character dead. Mm-hmm. So so I understand where people are kind of coming from in that respect as well. You know, but for me, that that did work, you know. Yeah, the um, humor didn't totally work for me, but I get that it definitely has for me. I'm, like, I'm delighted the fact that it's made Michael Myers big again. Mm. Like, so it's not about being negative upon the thing. It's just, it won't be for every single person, but it's wonderful to see younger people queuing outside to see a Halloween film. Now they're planning to move forward with more of them with Blumhouse. Is there a kind of a fear that, if you manage to bring it back, is this like kind of when Star Wars did A Force Awakens where they kind of bring it back and everyone goes, great fun, what do you do with the next one? Because as much as I love Michael Myers and I love pretty much all the Halloween films, even Halloween 6, fuck you all. (laughs) Uh, Resurrection? No, that's not right. Uh, But but like, where, where do you really go with it there that's isn't a huge like bringing Jamie Curtis back was brilliant mm. because that's really what we all kind of want to see but is yeah, there like, more sequels to be had in it like I, I don't know I don't know about that to be honest I'd be cautiously optimistic yeah. you know and I'd be kind of going like maybe just quit while your head guys but like when there's money involved you're never going to quit you know, while they're try, try no. telling franchise them franchise money yeah. but w- one of the things that Roll really jumped out at me as well in that film was what about the John Carpenter score like oh, yeah. they integrated that so beautifully I really like some of it it still wasn't quite as powerful for me as the original I know I, I know. obviously Carpenter didn't want to re- just redo sure. his older yeah. stuff mm. but just that that music still scares me from the original. He, it still creeps me. Yeah. Did he do the, the score, score with yeah. his new son yeah. Cody? Is it? Wow! Yeah. 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 Oh, amazing! Unreal. Mm. Uh, yeah, and that there's some interesting stuff there, and it's not exactly what you'd expect either because they didn't layer it in all over the place like they yeah. normally would. It's quite kind of restrained. Yeah, uh, but it but it comes in at nice moments, you know, that just kind of bring you back, and it makes you realize this isn't some kind of like franchise. That's I'm so sorry, sorry. Stephen. That that's that's Ali <laughs> just dropping a phone. I, but I, I, I didn't even. Know. I wasn't even holding it. So what? Halloween 2018 gets two Connors out of four. <laughs> yeah. And an undecided alley. Yeah. I haven't seen um, it yet, but yeah. I'm definitely um, like, I, I super value your guys' opinion. So I'm definitely. Super value. <laughs> and this oh, podcast is sponsored. Uh, super value. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing it. For awesome. Sure. Cool. Okay. Anything um, else people want to talk about? Connor, jump in. Yeah. One of the um, I'll jump through a few quick ones and then um, I really liked uh, The House That Jack Built, Lars von Trier. I haven't seen it. I, yet. Seen it. I have not seen that. I really want to, to see, see it. that. Um, Would you consider yourself a Frontier fan? Like, I love Antichrist, Melancholia, Dancing in the Dark, Dogville. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think because it's it's like, it's rare I put a film on and I'm slightly nervous about watching mm. it. That's what I love. You know? I'm actually a little bit apprehensive. It's like, this, but yeah, I, yeah. I read, I read a review, I think it was on at Cannes, and maybe people were walking out, maybe people were booing or something like that uh, because, because it was that. such a horrible, horrible film. And I was reading about it going, like, holy shit, it sounds like this director's really got, like, crossed the line here. Then I saw the trailer for it and I was like, that just looks like a really Man, good, like, dark, like, serial killer movie. You see, this is the problem. It's like, first of all, if it wasn't Lars von Trier, yeah. people probably wouldn't walk out. Exactly. I, it's yeah. almost like, oh, I, I had to walk out of that Lars von Trier yeah. movie. I thought what he did really well was was blend a lot of humor into it, even though it's pretty nasty. But also, like to be fair, it's like why it's about a serial killer. Yeah. So it's like why should you sort of sugarcoat that? Like the worst he does is show it for what it is. Agreed. You know. And also, like 
I think, um, I mean, like, there's a brilliant scene because he's basically, he's a serial killer, but he's got... Oh, Matt Dillon, right? Yeah, yeah, Matt Dillon, who's brilliant in it. But he's, like, OCD. So, like, when he, like, there's a, there's just a really funny scene where he, like, he, he, he kills someone and, he, and he's, like, scrubbing the, the crime scene, you know? And he goes out to get in his car, but he just, he keeps thinking, like, he's not done a good job cleaning the house. <laughs> and he goes back in and he cleans it some more and he gets back in his car and you hear the sirens of the police car in the, like, getting closer and he's like damn it's not clean enough and oh, he goes like, he just keeps going back in and then eventually the police arrive and he's still in there cleaning and he's like he's, and he says to the cop man like you know you should check out this crime scene because I don't think you're going to find anything <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's kind of so proud of himself oh, but uh, no definitely worth a watch and I think I mean the other interesting thing is someone yeah, said about it was uh, like for him the film was actually about his filmmaking yes and his films are actually I he, heard like, that yeah it, it cuts bits of his films into the thing and he makes this point I guess he's drawn this parallel between making a film and murdering somebody that it's like this urge that grows over a period of time and then and then full of filmmakers <laughs> <laughs> you challenge yourself Terrible. why am I doing this I, I think like like Argento did the same thing with kind of Tenderberry it's where you actually go against your critics and say actually you know maybe mm. this is part of me and like you know yeah. what does this say about me and maybe it's not mm. a bad thing uh, yeah so at least I'm not killing people Yes, at least yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's definitely worth a watch. Um, uh, let me see. What about Anna and the Apocalypse? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did Christmas ever, Christmas zombie horror musical. Oh, I Sha- Shaun link. of the I Dead meets. I haven't seen it yet. Shaun of the Dead meets High School Musical at Christmas. So uh, it was uh, the exact type of thing I wanted to be watching. I missed it at Horathon, but uh, it went down a storm with the horror. Yeah. Mm. Uh, oh, I'm glad to hear that. No, because I loved it, and you know, it being a musical, I suppose my fear was. How are they going? Is it just going to be a horror comedy movie with music music tacked onto it, um, or is a music uh, musical aspect of it going to be incorporated into yeah. the plot and into the actual violence or that you expect in a horror movie? And about kind of a third of the way through, halfway through, you start. There's a cool action sequence where they're like beating up zombies and also singing a song, and it's not cringy somehow. <laughs> you know, it's, the songs it's, are great. Yeah. Yeah. The songs yeah. are great. Yeah. Like a Buffy wants more. Totally. Oh yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's just like it's even quite early on when the apocalypse starts to happen and she leaves her house. I think it's Ella. Hunter, Ella she's, Hunter actually yes. she's a standout she's, I mean, she's going to be she's like a quadruple bigger. threat um, singing, dancing, acting and killing yeah, zombies yeah but she, you know somebody <laughs> just has screen charisma and yeah. you just go I could actually see her doing a lot of films but like she leaves her house as the apocalypse is happening and she ends up in a graveyard dancing with her, her boyfriend great but it's done it's yeah, a great yeah. song it's done with no kind of winking to the camera mm. or anything like that. the dancing is mm. great the singing is great and you got this hilarious kind of world falling apart behind yeah. them mm-hmm. it just yeah it, and it, it just done. ends with that snowman falling into frame it was done in a really really well way I did like because I, I really enjoyed it I felt it, it dragged a little towards the end but you, you, you kind of forgave it for that, that yeah stage, because yeah. it was it was so much fun it was and it had iconic moments with that like candy cane weapon thing Absolutely, and stuff yeah you know? images you would remember totally yeah, yeah. Uh, and you'd happily sit down and watch a couple of times because I think yeah. a lot of things for the success of horror films nowadays is that rewatchability yeah. and that is a yeah. film I could see you sit, sticking on every Christmas and having oh, a good absolutely. time with you know yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it's like for a musical it, it is so important like The Greatest Showman that the songs are oh. great you go Movie. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that is that is really. That's one of the reasons movie. why I, I haven't seen, seen a lot of movies. I've watched that on repeat. Yeah, we're gonna course correct this back to horror, but you are both wrong. How oh, man. dare you, Connor? You got someone else to throw on there? <laughs> um, yeah. Did anyone see The Guilty? No, which what's was that? the Danish yeah. film all set in the 911 emergency room. No. Oh, you told me about this. Yeah. Is this the, the basic pitch? 
So it's basically, it's one of these movies which I, I think the low budget filmmaker in me loves a film set in one location yeah. when yes. they manage to make that work. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's a, so it's basically a Danish film. It's about a police officer who's kind of been demoted to um, the taking the 911 emergency calls. So the whole film is based around one particular call where he's okay. trying to give someone advice and he's like, it's a bit like, I don't know, I guess it reminded me a bit of like Locke Lock, or yeah, one of these movies. Yeah. Oh, um, I loved Locke. Oh, I yeah. loved Locke. Yeah. But it's amazing the tension that they oh, get and it's sort of like as that's happening, you're learning about the main characters about yeah. like why he's kind of been demoted here and I guess it's like you know, there's almost part of it where him solving this case, there's a sense it might redeem him. But it's, but it, it's just amazing the tension it gets. And like, you know, people always say film is a visual medium, and I'd always agree with that. But it's, it's still amazing when on a phone call it starts engaging your imagination of what's happening because yeah. you know he's getting hers like describe the scene, where are you at, and it's and uh, yeah, I think it's it's a really good film. Oh, yeah, definitely check that out. Watch. Cool. And then one more one to talk about, which I know could be controversial. One cut of the dead. Oh. <laughs> I watched The Greatest Showman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I'm it so, was full I'm so disclosure, I didn't make it to the Me end too. of One Cut of the oh, Dead. I feel like I can't have a proper and, and you know conversation And we, and we probably can. I mean, we should talk this about it again because I almost feel it. You can't talk about that film unless you see it That's at the it. end. That's yeah, it. That's it. And I, I, I would kind of agree with you on that, except... One of my pet Except hates. You haven't seen it till the uh, end. One of my pet hates with films though, where people are like, it doesn't matter if you didn't enjoy it for two thirds of its running time, <laughs> that the ending would make it all worthwhile. I kind of think you should at least mostly enjoy all. See, of I the did film. mostly enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So well, you were sitting beside a guy who roared laughing at everything. How, <laughs> Mark, how, how far inside? did you make I it through? Uh, I think it was about two thirds. It was about okay. there was a, there was about twenty five minutes left, and I had seen. Okay. Twenty-four horror films in the last four days, and I decided to go home. So, wow. so you, so you saw this at Harathon. Yeah, it was the closing out. film, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 We walked out. Yeah, we were going. Went to get a bus. I saw it, and I think at I Harathon? made it. Yeah, about a third of the way and through. And walked out. Yeah, I only watched a third of it and I was like, mm, maybe I'll come back to this. Yeah. Um, and then I was talking to Connor about it and he's like, oh, you got to stick with it. And I was like, okay, but I haven't done it since. So I feel like I can't really have a proper opinion on it because I only made it a third of the way through. But the third that I did see, yeah. I didn't love. I didn't love Ooh. it. Yeah, and I, like our, yeah. our good friend Brian Showers did tell me that like if you stay to the end, the rest does mean something different, but he also said it doesn't make up for the rest of the film. So, oh, and I think I'm, he quite liked it, but I think he, like he's saying, if you didn't really enjoy it up to that point, it probably doesn't mm. redeem it. Like it, I mean, you know. this film has been a, ma- a massive hit. Huge I think hit. it was made like Huge for it was hit. made for like twenty grand, and it made like twenty million. Yeah, so it's wow. been this, oh, um, th- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I loved it from start I'm, to finish. I'm open to giving it another mad, go. You know? I think because yeah. I do I mean, like to see things to the end generally. Yeah, it was more yeah, realistic. For the next one, will we all watch it? Yes. It's not available yet. Especially it was wrongly you. released by Amazon Especially and they had to me. pull it back down. Did Let's... anyone see a film called Overlord? Did anyone see that? Oh, yeah. The opening of the Horathon. Oh, what's oh, that on Horathon? Yeah. That, was that in, uh, is that on Netflix? Did uh, J.J. Abrams produced, was but directed by... Do I have the director? No, I don't have the director. Um, I feel like I've seen it and I fell asleep. The first 25 minutes of Overlord was the most fun I've had in the cinema in quite a long time. The opening sequence is spectacular, especially in the cinema. Yeah. It's action-packed. It's, it's I brilliant. I did not fall asleep then. It's, it's, 
I thought it was pretty good. Cool. In the middle bit, it just dripped it off did, for me. It did drag you know, a bit. And, and it turns into kind of a fun X-Men kind of craziness towards the end. Suddenly uh, you're got demonic Nazi soldiers yeah. and you're like, why am I caring more about this? Yeah. This should be everything that dreams are made of. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like, Nightmares I'm not like, I'm not. yeah, I wasn't as blown away as I could have been. Wanted a, to love it. You wanted to love it. Bit of a kind of a Dog Soldiers, vi- dog soldiers vibe, except without the kind of gritty, uh, you know, independent feel that Dog Soldiers had. It was old-fashioned World War II films where they were just manly heroes totally. who were jumping in there. And like that was all great but yeah. you know when something starts with high energy and then it's like we don't have a budget for a fully yeah. exciting film mm. so we'll have this great opening <laughs> and we'll have a good ending and then in the middle we're just going to have to hang in a house and just <laughs> yeah. and that really is what, and yeah. it, it slows it to a serious crawl uh, now there's some good gore in it in yeah. fairness they do go Ooh, there I do like gore but, uh, yeah I, I, like I say worth a, worth a watch but you're talking it's a it's a decent three star watching sure. experience yeah. don't Absolutely, expect it to yeah. be mm-hmm. much much more but good fun good fun Anything else on your list, Dowling? Uh, nothing else that really blew me away. Did anyone see Castle Rock, the TV show? Not yet, actually. Not yet. Uh, I've heard mixed things. I have heard, yeah. I Okay, so Castle Rock, for anyone who doesn't know, it's the TV show set in the Stephen King universe. Stephen King-iverse. Yeah, in the, in the fictitious town of uh, Castle Rock in Maine. And it's got Andre Holland in it, who's brilliant. And it's got Bill Skarsgård, who's also cool. And yeah. he's yep. one of the Skarsgårds, so you're never going to never get disappointed. He's not, Bill Skarsgård isn't Pennywise, right? He is. He, he is. is. That he is, is Pennywise. Is but clown, he's not yeah. sexy true blood man. No. Oh, <laughs> no. Alexander. Oh, he's <laughs> too tall. He's horrifying. And he's everywhere at the moment. Oh, he's Alexander Skarsgård. Bring back true blood guys. Absolutely. And he's bring also in another blood. movie I was going to talk about called Hold the Dark, which didn't really do it for me either. Did anyone see Hold the Dark? Yes. Jeremy Solomon. The Jeremy Solomon one. Yeah, it doesn't quite work. No. This is, we, like, we need to touch briefly on the whole Netflix problem where they're giving mm. great directors total freedom and good money with great actors and making not great films. kind yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. I like, and I, I preferred Apostle more, but... Oh yeah, I saw Apostle. Yeah. It, was, it was okay. It was there was okay. bits in it I loved, it but had, it was yeah. dr- it was bloated and it not was. great. Velvet Buzzsaw mm. was very disappointing oh, to me. Oh my God. Oh, I haven't Ta- seen that yet. Oh. But Castle... Dan Gilroy did Nightcrawler. That's Velvet with Jake Gyllenhaal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it was... Oh. When you Nightcrawler, which was amazing. It's his new film. Oh, it's the same director as Nightcrawler. Oh shit. Nightcrawler was... That is probably the biggest letdown I've had. Very much so. In a long time. I I wouldn't have put that... I wouldn't have put that with um, the director of Nightcrawler at all when I saw the trailer. I was like, wow. And it's such a good concept. Great concept. Like, I'm... I'm trying to remember. It was like, it was, I think it was like, (laughs) 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 my brain is dying. Um, Like a tale from the crypt, like, you know, from the 1970s. It was a very similar kind of Dorian Gray-esque concept that they had in one of those anthology series back back in the 70s. Um, And that was horrifying. And so when I saw the trailer and I heard about the, like, the premise of Velvet Buzzsaw, I was like, Oh, bring it. Fuck. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. yeah. Bring it fucking on. <laughs> and um, I was like so excited for it. And then it was just, it was, I, oh my God. I was just, I, I don't. Uh. Yeah, no words. <laughs> it's very meh. Right. Like, you know, just, uh, unfortunately and you again one of the things you want to like I, get, I, I yeah. preferred Apostle a lot more because it touches more on the Wicker Man kind yeah. of pagan yeah, thing yeah. But, Apostle uh, had its moments Apostle, like, uh, for, Apostle looked good it, it did. had atmosphere it had atmosphere yeah. in spades it, really it had did. some great bits and yeah. Hold the Dark also had some like, totally. very promising well, I f- moments it felt like it was, Hold the Dark almost felt like it was all atmosphere and no substance uh, no, so, not, maybe not, not substance but oh it just suffered from being 
so serious and bleak to the point that you're just watching it and you just I, feel like, I think the energy bleak. of green room like, totally. you know ah! that kept yeah. me on yeah. edge the yeah. whole way through I mean you talk about contained films as well yeah, right? yeah. 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 And, yeah. and funnily around the similar time they were probably making Hold the Dark that movie uh, Wind River came out did anyone see that oh, with oh yeah that, that's, I, yeah that's a really good film it's and it, it's film. kind of set in this like secluded part of like Alaska or wherever where everyone's just kind of snowed in and um, Jeremy Renner plays this kind of tracker guy and it just has so much heart and mm. humour even though it's in this bleak desolate mm. part of America it's so cold like I mean I yeah. know it's set in like in, in that snow exactly but like it's the whole the whole the whole premise is just it's so cold that's it so Hold the Dark kind of felt like it fell really short of that but the the, the, the show um the ca- Castle Rock. Oh yeah. Uh, just to kind of mention That's briefly, what we were talking <laughs> about. Because yeah. Bill Skarsgård has always taken us off in off it's tangents. Always but and the, his dad's a babe as well. Sorry. I'd Sorry. say so. Stalin I mean, how could you not? Beginning and Stalin is, and, and he's an amazing actor Damn as well. It, is there anything they can't do? No. But God, the thing about Castle Rock, I find, is like, I mean, you know, I could really just save you guys a whole lot of time and heartache and say, don't fucking bother watching yeah. that show wow. because do you remember those shows like let's say Lost for example mm. where it starts off with this really like really bold premise where you're yeah. like holy shit there, I bet whatever the answer to this is going to be is going to knock my socks off so I'm going to watch to the end even though for most of it I'm going to be sitting there going how could this possibly make yeah. sense how is this ever going to tie together how is this ever going to work out what's going to go on here you watch episode after episode you're less satisfied than the last episode and it's, then it finally starts giving you answers and then you realise those answers don't make a lick of sense <laughs> and one of the biggest sins I'd even let that go if they had done the Stephen King universe I say in air quotes if they had done that any justice there's like Alan Pangborn is in it, uh, who's like one of the characters who pops up in like the dark half and needful things and things like that. Um, Other than that, like there's not much else except for the biggest sin in referencing of ever of TV shows or movies I've ever seen in my life. There's a character in it, a girl and her name is Jackie Torrance. Right. (laughs) No. And uh, there's a scene where she kills someone with an axe, and someone goes, "Oh, you're pretty handy with an axe." And she goes, "Yeah, it must run in the family." What? What is that? What is that? That's like a Halloween eight reference. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I cringe even just saying that. But the world has to know. Was she related? Uh, was she Danny's daughter? She's, she's a she's a distant relative of the Torrances, oh, who happens God. to have the the f- female version the of Shining. like what her uncle or her cousin's mm. name. It just the no. anti Shining. No, and uh, so so give it a watch if you want. Like there's a couple of really give good episodes. Give it a watch if you want, but don't. <laughs> there's a couple yeah. of really good episodes, and Sissy Spacek is in it. So there's a bit oh, of a carry kind of reference nice. going on there. Nice. Um, and there are points where you're like, oh, where is this going? Where is this going? And they're like, oh no. They're driving us off a cliff. That's where it's fucking going. Yeah. Like, you know. Can I ask a question? Of course. Yes. Uh, how, so uh, obviously everybody's heard that they're making a TV series of The Lost Boys. No. No. Mm, no. Oh. I, I, presu- <laughs> I presume Kiefer is reprising his role as the teenager. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, um, kids. Maybe that's a question we can all talk about the next time. Then, just because I'm, I'm curious. I'm in kind of like I don't, I don't know what mind okay. that I'm in for it because obviously I know that remakes. Suspiria never work. Not never. Not never. Not never. Yeah. Mm. It can work. Oh wait. Work. Oh, of course not. Never. Freaking 
House on Haunted Hill. I love sometimes, that remake. Sometimes the remake is <laughs> better. <laughs> sometimes the remake is better. Obviously not with The Lost Boys. You can't really go no, exactly, better than exactly, that. Exactly, but okay. I'm just curious. Is, because I, I love, like, The Lost Boys is a badass, great fun film, but it is a badass, great film because of when we saw it. Yeah. Oh, I, watched it, I watched no, it like six months ago. No, no, I think we still love it. I just, I'm not sure people who <laughs> didn't see like, it when they were our age true. will feel that way yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's not yeah. to take away from it. Like, I still think the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is a badass fucking movie. And you're right. You know, it just... That is a fact. The Lost Boys, I think younger generations who try, because they do, you know, dip into some of these older ones and some of them they watch and they go... Same with but the are they story. wrong? You know, like, are those younger generations? I don't think they're wrong. wrong. <laughs> I think it's, it's, um, it's like our love of slasher films. Don't like, ask me that question because <laughs> because yes, they are wrong. Another case of hipsters. <laughs> okay, here's one thing. Speaking of uh, things being remade, the trailer for the new Twilight Zone. Has anyone I seen haven't seen that yet. No. Oh my no. god! It comes. This the Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, and it's got a great cast by the looks of the trailer of all these kind of comedy faces like uh, Adam Scott or Kumail Nanjiani and Ooh. a few other people who. Adam Scott was in one of the Hellraisers, though. Oh, was he? Which one was he in? The one that where they got to space. Four. He was also in that Shark Blood Attack Line. movie. Do you remember that those shark attack movies? Anyway, but Sharknado. No, no, I think it was Shark called, Attack Three. Shark the one attack that had 3D, yeah. Like, yeah, but he yeah. was like killed in like the credits in the end credits. It was so weird. Mm. Uh, he like he made it through the whole movie. And <laughs> in the end credits, he, he was killed. But um, the trailer looks fantastic, and and Jordan Peele is on screen as the kind of um, the uh, narrator, the <laughs> narrator like uh, Rod Sterling uh, or Rod Serling. Sorry, and. Um, it's coming out the show's coming out on CBS on April 1st and I'm Whopper. like please let me live Whopper. I hope they do a good job yeah. see that it yeah. looks so I, good I need that kind of thing back because I, I as much as I know everyone's still loving Black Mirror I feel it's really lost the satirical edge they have these yeah. beautiful yeah. productions in Black Mirror nowadays but that first season or so of Black oh. Mirror was so pointed and sharp but clever and yeah. funny totally. and also yeah. it kind of yeah. broke your heart because it was mm. real life kind of that weirdness that beautiful episode still scary you know oh my god yeah. Like yeah. That, that for me was the, the pinnacle of uh, Black uh-huh. Mirror so Sorry, hopefully we dark. get something back that kind of has because yeah. like, like the original Twilight Zone had the, it, there was good punches at the end of some of those that yeah. were really uh-huh. wonderfully beautiful uh, there's a couple of films I want to jump through because yeah. we are already coming up to the error mark um, did you just address yourself we're already coming up to the error mark yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest I've been alone a lot lately guys <laughs> I tend to talk Sorry. myself. Don't, don't, don't be afraid if I congratulate myself at the end of it. And you ties left. <laughs> We're all bastards. Um, so I want to I touch on one or two things uh, from Shudder, particularly Horror Noir, which I, I'm not sure if any of you guys have had a chance no, to see I yet. See that. Uh, it's on Shudder as an exclusive. I, I, I know it got some kind of uh, cinema screenings in, in America, but I think it was pretty small. If you were in any way interested in horror cinema, just cinema in general, this is a great documentary. So it's all about black representation in horror films from the beginning all the way up, but told true people like Ken Free, Tony Todd, stuff sitting in a cinema oh, chatting. Wow. Like they partner each other up Love it. Uh, with all these actors and directors and they, they have chats about why things were important to them and stuff. They go through everything from the original White Zombie all the way up to the two Blackulas. Um, then right up to basically kind of where Get Out leaves it out but it, mm. there's wonderful stuff in it where it's observations that you wouldn't necessarily think about films you watched where even um don't know that it was Jordan Peele talking about uh, Candyman but one of them brings up the whole point because obviously Candyman was a high point where the first time you had this really 
iconic black yeah. killing character. But there is something very strange about the story where this is a guy who was wronged by rich white men who, mm. who punished him and he comes back to life and he just starts killing poor black people. Yeah. He haunts Caprini Green. He doesn't yeah. haunt. Yeah. So, so, you know, and it was yeah. just that never occurred because I love Candyman. It's a wonderful yeah. film. And yeah. they, they they don't actually diss it. They say it's just a problematic type thing. And there's just a load of perspectives on that in the same way in Black Hill. And they obviously touch on stuff like Night of the Living Dead. It's, it's really interesting to hear how their experience of being represented on the screen and what yeah. that did or didn't mean. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so wow. really, really worth checking. So it's like a 90 minute, 100 minute thing, but it, it really is. And what's yeah. great is it's for people who love film and horror films. So even when it comes to Night of the Living Dead, like they don't spend 10 minutes explaining to you why Night of the Living Dead was an important film. They just get into it yeah. and they just yeah. talk yeah. about oh, it. Which awesome. is kind they assume of you already have a bit yeah, of a Yeah, there isn't this, you know, horror films or films. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> is there yeah. any reference to The Beast Must Die? No, there is not. <laughs> but I did discover a film called Ganja and Hess because of them. Uh, which I'll, and Hess. Hess. It, it was an interesting, it was a very art house kind of one. Uh, I don't know that I'd call it an amazing film, but this guy made this really arty kind of vampire film. I'd say it akin to Martin, the Romero one. Uh, and basically what happened to it was, I think it was screened at Cannes, it got like a standing ovation, and then it was picked up by a distributor who said, well, no one wants to see like a kind of arty film representing black people so they just cut half an hour of it and sold it as a trashy horror film yeah, and the nice. modern uh, art museum has restored it now and actually oh, wow. put the full version out so okay. I wouldn't say it's it's you know it's a curiosity worth seeing but it, yeah. it was a, a blind spot for me so I think it's yeah, worth checking out um, quickly going on the ones there's one called He's Out There which got dropped straight onto Netflix with no fanfare whatsoever directed by a guy called Quinn Lasher uh, who has directed nothing before and if you dig into it a little bit it's actually the guy who directed The Last House on the Left remake oh, uh, wow. got so shafted on it that he totally disassociated and it's like a new Alan Smithy type thing wow, he, he took changed. his name off the film yeah. oh, and okay. they just dumped it it is not a perfect film but you know because I was going there's no way this guy has only made this film and yeah, nothing yeah. else because there's just that. really creepy yeah. elements did you see it? I saw I, well I, I saw, I've watched some of it on Netflix I haven't seen all of it yet but I did notice that on his IMDb that it was one, like a, a, a one credit yeah kind of it was guy just completely bizarre if you look the original promotional poster said from the director of Last House on the Left Should which is kind of what gives it away and the actress who is in it she plays Serena Joy on The Handmaid's Tale ah oh, very good the, have okay. you seen The Handmaid's Tale I haven't watched it well, yet she's yeah. a fantastic character she, she's the wife of the commander in The Handmaid's Tale so she I was watching going she's very familiar and uh, she's fantastic she's really good what happened exactly on um, I Spit in Your Grave like <coughs> oh, right, Last House on the Left oh sorry Last House on the Left uh, why did he have to change his name no not on this oh, one but this he directed movie. that one but on this one he took his name off it so this yeah. is his he, he, oh, so from the director of the remake of Last House on the Left ah, okay. so he doesn't want to be associated with this no it's all been just completely it's obviously ah. legislation or whatever they call it when the arbitration when they get into it where he just he was obviously very upset with where it ended up and if you can argue that it's not close enough oh, to your vision you can so. have your name taken off it right. yeah, okay. yeah, well. it's weird though because like, it's a very basic concept of mother goes up to the cabin with her two kids waiting for her husband to arrive yeah. there's a weird man out in the woods but there's just really creepy stuff like the kids are out in the garden and like they find this red string tied onto one of the trees and it just leads them into the woods so they're just following this red thing and it leads them to this little tea, tea party, party that's been set up yeah. with these cupcakes uh, and they've been poisoned and this string plays a part to it but it's just there's really strong imagery in it that it's nothing exceptional it's nothing amazing but it is unsettling and yeah it's well done and I think if it had landed in a time where we all the kind of 80 slashers and stuff that we really enjoyed it would have been held up as one of the much better ones on that end like it's better than a crappy slasher but you know not exceptional but definitely worth checking out especially for free on Netflix Um, also on Netflix The Monster I went on to watch this today 
And? and then I was like, it got three stars. And then also they popped up a monster call. So I said, oh, I'll watch a monster call. <laughs> One I hour later, <laughs> I'm on my sofa weeping. <laughs> I don't, I don't regret it. <laughs> yeah, no, John, the, the monster again, it, it, it's nothing you haven't seen before, but it's a, it's a really well done, simple thing of a, a, addic- a mum who suffers with addiction, who's not good with her kid. She's driving her to drop it off somewhere. They get their car I think the tire burst them. They get stuck on this street. It's literally the whole thing is them stuck there, and there's a monster in the woods that's attacking them. Yeah, I've, uh, I've had that on my watch list for a while. Yeah, and you know, like it's 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 again, it's 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 a three star thing, but it's really worth seeing. It is from the guy who directed the original The Strangers Ooh. and Mockingbird, which I liked Ooh. both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's nice character done. the The creature looks kind of cool. It's a practical creature. Oh, awesome! Uh, there is gore when it's there, so it's you know. Stick it on an evening for like a good 90 minutes worth of entertainment. Don't expect it to change your world or anything, but it deserves better than just being dumped on Netflix where it's getting yeah. compared in with some of their other mm-hmm. junk that they will throw onto but that hey, kind of stuff. But I mean, I mean, the Netflix thing, it's like, you know, at least your movie's been seen. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So. But hopefully it'll get discovered that way. And that's what you're looking for. With yeah. this I, I've been hearing that a lot recently, films being dumped onto Netflix. Is that becoming like the new, like straight to DVD kind yeah, of thing? Or? But it's, it is straight kind of a VOD. better quality, but straight yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, because uh, yeah, obviously like, you know, uh, I'd say a lot of filmmakers would just be like, oh, I'd just love to get my film onto Netflix. Well, that's the like, problem. There's people who are willing to pay to get their film on Netflix just because you reach an audience. Right. Guaranteed. Yeah. yeah, well, it's it's like theatrical. It's just, you know, theatrical is Marvel. It's, it's, yeah. it's Star Wars it's all these big studio yeah. films it's it's very hard to get independent films like sure. in, theatrically into cinemas now so um, you're guaranteed an audience and Netflix mm-hmm. buy territories like they bundle them up so they'll buy like worldwide you yeah. know give production company 50k you know totally underselling sorry oh, I love Netflix I love, I love Netflix, Netflix. Um, but, like, but it I is mean, destroying the film industry. Well, it, it's where your film goes. <laughs> Please to don't hate us, Netflix. Like, <laughs> that's Please why it goes us. out everywhere else it's, first. It, no, uh, maybe Netflix is like Pet Cemetery, right? It, it goes to die, but it comes back. <laughs> Yeah, no, as no, a remake no, as a really right. evil version it, it's, oh. from a monetary point of view so even because like Chromewood actually is getting released on the 19th of March oh, I should say well no on iTunes and Amazon Blu-ray DVD nice which is great and awesome. wonderful and like it, it apparently worldwide but I've yet to see what those territories are but what the whole thing seems to be you know you try and get it out there and any of those things and as soon as that period is done that's where it goes to your Netflix or your yes. shutters yeah. um, but you're right so in a weird way the, the monetary value of your film somewhat drops when it goes on these VOD things because once it's streaming and some people will buy but a lot mm-hmm. of people won't because they don't care about physical mm-hmm. media like some of us might mm. Um but on the other side, yeah, it's when larger audiences can potentially discover your film. And exactly. actually, so it, it's a it's a mixed bag of emotion on that. Like mm. from a creative point of view, it's amazing for people to be seeing your stuff. But yeah, value wise, it, it's totally. not such a return. Totally. So, it, you know, it is. But I mean, it, as well, the the silver screen is no longer the silver screen. No. Do you know what I mean? It's like now we have our phones, we have our iPads, we have all these different screens and it's like getting your content watched getting your 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 movie watched is like super important and it is really good as well for for people um when you're pitching when people are looking yeah. for directors yeah, and they're like out there and available. my films available on Netflix yeah. which True. is amazing like, yeah, but there's also a bit that. of a bit of prestige if you're, you know, saying, "Oh, it's screened in X amount of cinemas and made X amount of money." In That's the waning though. That used but to be a huge thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, that used to be a really big thing to wow. be able to say. But I think it's just because there's so many festivals now. Because the amount of films I see 
It's uh, a total oversaturation. And there are people out there who, you know, may not have made a, a brilliant film. And again, like I think all of us in this room, anyone who makes any film and gets it out there deserves congratulations. Deserves but, an Oscar well, for the, Best Picture every It's a lot harder week. than as anyone It's not a Netflix movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's that thing of um, if you enter to enough kind of festivals that maybe no one's heard of, you can rack up a load of awards that mean not a huge amount mm. you know like say Hole in the Ground going to Sundance for that like that's totally you know that's a proper rep- that's where people kind of go oh that matters mm. in yeah. the industry people register yeah. that yeah. there's plenty of other films you see that have won awards all over the shop in festivals no one's ever heard of smaller festivals yeah. And, yeah. and again that's wonderful and it's great and it's, it's so nice to get that feedback from things but as far as your career goes Oh yeah, it, the industry the industry to be blunt does not give a shit yeah what like, happened oh sorry go on no, go I was done. I was, <laughs> I was, I was, it was a sad what happened? <laughs> I was going to say, like, say something like uh, Anna and the Apocalypse. Did that get a release? Yeah. Or... It got a small theatrical release. It did, release yeah. In the UK, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think they promoted it right. Because uh, there was a sense it was building throughout the year. Like, yeah. any of the things I was listening to was like, yeah. like it felt like it was that being heralded been a as a great thing. Yeah. yeah. I thought that could have broken out. Yeah. And it didn't feel like they believed in it enough to a, give it that push. It's, yeah. well, it's cinemas. Was it released in Ireland in the cinema? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think it was. But it's, like the cinemas. Lighthouse, I think, did a, a screening of it. Close to the Christmas. Lighthouse is wrong. amazing. You know, shout out to the Lighthouse, who are just a whopper. But um, yeah, it's like cinemas also don't want to, um, you know, they, they they don't want to take on. They don't want to take the risk. They don't. Yeah. yeah, they don't want to take the risk. Take a precious screen time Literally, from the other like, blockbusters I mean, and Oscar season as well. Yeah. Takes yeah, up a lot of exactly. A lot of but, um, screens. What's it called Captain? What's the new one called? Marvel. Captain Marvel. Mm. Thanks. How did I forget that mm. one? Uh, like. Uh, like Patrick was talking earlier on and he was like literally like you know all the Omniplexes they're going to be showing Captain Booked Marvel in yeah. like eight yeah. screens wow. like per How cinema like, that, yeah. we need something what like mean? what France has or even when UGC were there before it was Cineworld yeah. like there was a commitment to European cinema where a couple of screens had to be showing a certain yeah. amount and of stuff China. and I, I saw stuff that you would never have seen otherwise yeah. and it's not about forcing you don't, you don't have to show shit but there yeah. is actually really good stuff out there and you might just discover something Great. Yeah, like Cineworld exactly. has so many yeah. screens, you'd think they'd be able to dedicate like one of the screens to only showing Irish yeah, films. Unfortunately, you, you have to I mean? legislate yeah. for it because just you can't trust any yeah. money making. It has yeah. to be like so. Like in China, I know that they um they oh, well obviously it's China and they ban please, please don't come, like Donald don't Trump come after now. me China. Please, please don't come after <laughs> China. Me. Great. China. China, China great. We love China. China. We've got great films <laughs> in China. Let's keep Trump out of this podcast. That was amazing. <laughs> but no, they're really good about their their cinema. Um, well, in terms of that, they super 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 censor Western cinema so a lot yeah. of Western cinema doesn't get in but it's only 10 movies point, a year or something I think they allow in from insane because they just they just go X-rated 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 <laughs> like um, but they're really proud about their own cinema content yeah. which is I, I think it's great in, in, in that term it's great that it, oh my fucking <laughs> don't <God>. don't <laughs> <laughs> is that the time guys <laughs> I can't believe you just referenced me to Trump. Oh, my life is over. We have already crossed the hour mark, folks. So where do we want to have a quick little chat on a topic? Yes. Or do you want to throw that out there, Ali? And yes, we'll Ali. give it a my 10 question. or 15 minutes. Amazing. Round. Okay. So um, obviously, um, as we're all filmmakers, and it's always in the in the forefront of my mind, especially like we were talking about Hole in the Ground earlier, about how it has opened um, the genre door to um, like... American distributors and American sales companies. Um, so I'd love to know what you guys as filmmakers, what like what you would like to, if, for your next film, 
like what would you like to make what 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 do you think constitutes your perfect horror film that you would love to make and like what do you think is the next step for horror because like we were saying there is you know last year get out got nominated for for best film which is the first time like a horror film has properly gotten recognition in the freaking academy um well, the so- exorcist was nominated but we're, we're talking a long time ago which uh, the exorcist got nominations oh the exorcist yeah about five but, but yeah did, they, did, nominations. did it get best film it was nominated for Best Picture. I don't think it won. Did it not? I think it did. No, I think it did. It didn't win. It didn't win. It didn't win. But it was definitely nominated. I don't think it was nominated for Best Picture. It definitely was. It was nominated for Oscars. Because like usually people say... Best Picture. Even Linda Blair was nominated for Best Actress in it. And that was the whole thing. She was robbed. She was one of the youngest people at the time before Anna Paquin She was robbed. She was. And Anna Paquin deserved it. And then the only other film that people refer to as a horror, maybe it's up for debate, is Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. You know. Did I, The Shining is, get any? It, it I think is, it might have had one horror. or two. I think number. it might have got. I think I looked that up recently. I think The Shining might have got a, some sort I'm of technical technical award. No, but you know, like, Exorcist did not get nominated. No, it definitely did, definitely and it definitely did. won Oscars as well. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing it on the cover of my Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Physical just, media. Just while you, while you guys are maybe thinking about, it, like, for me on the the horror front, it's kind of what we were saying earlier on about wanting to have a good time. It's something I'm struggling a little bit at the moment with trying to to get a producer who who appreciates that level where, you know, it's that balance between it's dark enough and kind of disturbing enough that we will kind of disturb people, but they're also going to have a good time with it. I miss that. Like even now we're getting to a point where films in the 90s that were trashed and slagged, when they're around long enough, people start to like them more. I even hear people like, you know, saying how great that I know what you did last summer films were, which oh, yeah. isn't quite They were true. amazing <laughs> back then and they're amazing But no, now. but you know, like even for me, wrong turn. I had a oh, great time at Wrong Turn. The first so one, good. they they dropped off a bit for me, but like well, that yeah. is like it's 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 a creepy hillbilly film in the woods. It's got gore, it's got excitement, it's got beautiful actors and actresses. Uh, it's not offensive to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it just you know, but it delivered all the thrills of that. I I liked the lead character in it, like you know, was that with Eliza? Eliza yeah, Dushku? it was, yeah. and she wasn't just like you know, well, isn't she hot? Like she that was around she the time of Buffy as well. It would have been around the time, yeah. 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 Um, but I, I just you know. I went to the cinema and that was around the time Cabin Fever came out as well and so these were things that actually film. were great cinema films they yeah. actually got reactions I drinking water as an audience people groaned <laughs> you know are you water. still alive <laughs> <laughs> that's not possible <laughs> you should be dead I mean I was in America at the time the Cabin Fever came out I saw it in America so of course I was afraid of American water but you know what I mean because like, okay. like, you know, the ones I'm trying to get made are, are much more like they do have the emotional integrity with, with that stuff as well and because like, that that's always something I put in my films but like when people come back to well this is stuff people have seen before or you're playing with familiar tropes or anything like that mm. everyone says that won't work until it does work the same mm. way people say that westerns are done the same people said like get out you know people would have gone well you know that's just that basic story just done with a black character it's not it's how you do it much yeah. more than the story mm. and I feel I don't know whether it's an Irish thing or just an overall independent cinema thing. We have this challenge of just because it's low budget, it doesn't have to be a more artistic film. We should be competing yeah. on an entertaining film that I think a general audience would want to go see. And I, I'm pretty 100%. sure, Connor Mack, you're, you're, you know, you want to make films that say normal quote unquote people who go to the cinema to see lots of different types of films mm. might want to go and see and they might be a bit grossed out but they're going to have a real good time with it yeah because I mean I suppose the the, the tricky thing is like because like the Blumhouse movies you know and obviously they make them for like two million yeah. and they yeah. make 
Well, not like, anymore. Not they anymore. Did. Yeah, but they started yeah. off. But now it's kind of like five to seven and a half. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, Eleven well, to fifteen. Well, get out now. and the bigger <laughs> ones. Yeah, like the Persian. But I guess what you could say is like it, that's not far off the budget that that we're making here. So like I agree with what you're saying. You can make, and I, I suppose I mean again the hole in the ground kind of proves that that you can make a film at that level and kind of compete in that world I suppose the marketing is always the that's the, a yeah. the big thing like us, they yeah. I mean those movies spend about 25 million on yeah. their marketing oh, campaign so and when we were doing yeah. sorry for, cut, for, for cutting no. into you um, <laughs> <laughs> ow <laughs> <laughs> um, with um, when we were doing Hole in the Ground um, we really got to see the insight into the A24 method and wow. how like I am chopping my hands, Stephen, just so you know. Um, but like how they're cut, it it works. Like when they're when they're cutting a trailer, like the beats, mm. it freaking it draws you in. So Damn. yeah, the marketing is like it's, it's, yeah. 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 It's my chopping wasn't it? I'm clicking. <laughs> That's how the big boys do it. Um but just seeing their their how their 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 model for 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 being a Venus flytrap, their model for catching people in on social media was like that was that mm, was a fun ride. But I'm, I'm so sorry to, no, no, no. to cut you. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna cut a <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like like the thing is, and you can kind of see. In some ways, I'm of two minds about this because I know, like you know, I've a film I'm lining up, which totally doesn't fit into this like type of film. You know what I mean? In a sense, like because I suppose the one I would say that's most. I sound like I'm rambling now. There's um. <laughs> It's a film that doesn't fit into a film. Like it's not a straight horror. Like my uh, the one I'm working on is oh, a comedy it has horror, horror. You know, but it uses yeah. horror. Yeah, you know. yeah. But it's I mean it's very Dublin based humor. So whether yes. that will travel is a whole other story. I think it will. Uh, the so. Young Founders traveled. Yeah, that is true. So. Yeah, yeah. So I think like there is always this way up where you don't really know, and there's definitely a temptation to follow the trend. Okay, but sometimes as just a film I'm just speaking just as a filmmaker all you can kind of do is make the fil- the idea that comes into your head yeah. absolutely yeah. and, and you just want. hope that yeah. like because there is that danger that what you make now in two years might not be and I, and you can feel the pull of it like as in yeah. like you know when a film does well suddenly it, it's kind of why, what, what sort of happens sometimes is right say you're, you're a horror fan right and you're trying to make horror films for 10 years and nobody's interested in horror films right and then suddenly everyone jumps on the bandwagon and it's still just as hard for you to make a horror yeah. film yeah. because now there's so it's a like saturation of yeah. freaking yeah yeah so it goes from one extreme it goes from one extreme to the other of nobody being interested to everybody being yeah. interested and so it's it's always kind of tricky to navigate or get your own kind of Completely. movie in there you so know? so regardless of what the the trend is it's important for you as an artist as a filmmaker to just be making that yeah. stuff that you want to make like you know yeah I suppose, yeah, like you could be calculated about it and go, yeah. oh, I think this is, this might does work. Does that ever well, work though? I don't think I it don't does. Think it no, does. I don't think yeah. so. Because you're not being true. Because yeah. even if you're making like a shitty scary, slasher yeah. film, you want to make yeah. a, you want to love and be trying to yeah. make a good slasher film. As yeah. when You yeah. know when someone's making it kind of, it's ironic because we went through a bad period of horror films there where everyone was making throwback to the 80s ones. Yeah. So they weren't even trying to make one that was like those films. The whole mm. thing was just nods to, yes. you know, yeah. things. And that, that was very frustrating because I want new slasher films. I don't mind it yeah. being anything, but yeah, you want to feel that person loves it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And cares. I think that's why even Shaun of the Dead worked as a horror comedy because you felt that they loved the horror as much as they loved the comedy, that they respected this. They were not cashing Absolutely. in on it. You yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well said. Well said. 
Yeah, like, I mean, I suppose for myself, like, I mean, I'm not, nothing I'm writing at the moment is, would, would really be considered a horror or anything like that. You know, I, obviously I love horror, but uh, when... Sellout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just said while we I'm, were all thinking. I'm making, I'm making a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> no. Dial down his mic, lads. <laughs> but no, no, when I, when I do make something that's, you know, horror uh, related, it, I think the thing that's going to be important for me is that it it does have that entertainment value like the the feeling I had when I walked out of Halloween in the cinema I remember specifically saying like these are the type of films I want to make I want to make those type of films that you leave the cinema buzzing afterwards mm. not the type of films like Suspiria where you leave the film uh, upset and older and older and, and, <laughs> wishing, yeah. and wishing you hadn't had to experience that and hoping that no other fragile people out there have to experience that as well I know that's pretty harsh on the filmmakers but I honestly think that you know, like I did have a period where I was writing kind of like dark, like horror kind of stuff and making some kind of dark kind of creepy shorts and forgetting to kind of inject some of that kind of heart and entertainment value and even humor into it. And you realize there's already so much horrible fucking shit going on in the world. You're like, mm. do I really want to contribute to that by making this like, yes, like negative stuff <laughs> or do I want to, you know, embrace that and have fun with it you know and that's that's where I'd yeah. want to be if it, if it was me making a horror film down the road somewhere just in case people think I'm a horrible human being when I was saying yeah I want to contribute to all the horror in the world um, it's more because horror is a form of escape yes. and so it's I think <laughs> just clear because the PC warriors will come after me um, it would not be a real horror show <laughs> podcast without Ali being afraid that she's going to be lynched by someone at the end of it <laughs> um, but like it, it, it is um, it is fantastical and it is um, feeling scared from a film is a much better feeling than being scared from the reality of the world so um, my goal still is to obviously create that Oscar-winning horror film, which hopefully we can all do together, guys. <laughs> Getting um, too old. What did Getting you say? Getting too old. My bollocks. End of. But, um, like, I, I, you fucked me over there. I can't think. We're all old. Sorry. I'm 30 this year. My no. life is over. And this is where we all start believing. <laughs> <early. laughs> That's bad. So, I time know. for a beer, lads. Um, um, so, but uh, this has been amazing. I've like been looking forward to this for ages. Yeah, it's to, been really good to, to be back, back together. With, yeah. Absolutely. With my horror fam. Thanks, yeah. everyone. Okay, Hopefully, it won't be as long again when we chat. Obviously, Absolutely. our old episodes are up on iTunes and SoundCloud and wherever else so if you missed us that much just listen to them again it's pretty much the same shit all the time <laughs> yeah, yeah. can yeah, we yeah. can we give a shout out to Filmbase as well because since, since Filmbase R.I.P right. yeah. let it be resurrected like a good zombie yes or Michael Myers <laughs> dead is better <laughs> dead is better <laughs> oh yeah and we can talk about it the next time the because uh, from the very first episode Pet Cemetery is one of my all time favourite oh it's yeah. Cool. Back. yeah and, and it's um, coming back to slap us in the face with a crappy I'm, remake I, the, first, the first trailer I was like oh me too and I've avoided like, the new one but I've heard oh yeah. shit my balls off the new one is you can awful. tell me about it over a beer I don't like CGI oh. cats <laughs> <laughs> this is a personal racist issue that I'll go on record <laughs> and say I don't how like are you with CGI coyotes <laughs> mm, not them either but um, don't like those cats but I give a sh- gotta give a shout out as well to Stephen Galvin obviously and Film Ireland for yes. hosting us yet again and yeah. you know hopefully 
a lot lot more of these podcasts from us and from everyone else who contributes to the wonderful film Ireland. Yeah, and if anyone has listened to this episode and they uh, think of things they want us to discuss, you know, send us messages through Film Ireland. Pigeons. And, uh, yeah, yes. that's the easiest Tied way to, to get pigeon. in touch with us. In the air. And uh, yeah, we might talk about it on the next episode. It might give ask, us something oh, to do work an on. ask us question thing. See, I don't have hipster net, so I don't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's. Twitter. And on that bombshell, folks. <laughs> okay, shall we We're say goodbye? Wrap it up. <laughs> okay, that's it. How do we say goodbye? We just say goodbye. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Thanks, guys. <laughs>